Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. It's the final podcast of 2020, and boy, what a wild and crazy year it was. It started off with the tragic death of Los Angeles Lakers great Kobe Bryant in a helicopter crash in late January. Then in March, life as we knew it changed dramatically, thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. We went from socializing with our friends to becoming socially distant. Wearing a face mask became the norm, except for those who thought the COVID-19 was a hoax. Many sporting events were postponed or canceled. We saw the NHL and NBA seasons resume in the summer and end when they normally would begin. Major League Baseball had a 60-game regular season and an expanded playoff. The NFL and college football plowed through their seasons. Locally, we saw high school and college sports seasons either postponed or canceled. It has indeed been a brutal year. On Tuesday, I spoke with my Gazette sports staff colleagues, sports editor Mike Kelly, and staff writers Mike McAdam, Jim Schultz, Adam Schinder, and Stan Hootie about sports in 2020. Gentlemen, uh, Happy New Year. Thank you for uh, coming on once again to the podcast. And what can you say about this wild and crazy and unpredictable year? Start with uh, Mike Kelly. Unpredictable is a good word. That's a good starting point. Um, Huh. I mean, it was kind of, it was a year unlike any other. Um, for a sports department <laughs> covering sports, it was very different. Um, it was more of a medical coverage year than anything else. Um, you know, and hopefully 2021 will be different. Mike McAdam? Uh, the two phrases I keep coming back to are, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, in reference to every time someone suggests, well, we have a scenario where we can get this done or we can let these fans in and ultimately people get let down because those plans you know either get blown up for covid reasons or the governor decided that public gatherings weren't a good idea um so that was kind of a recurring theme and the other one is that i've been saying since march probably is it's amazing how much there is to do in a sports department when there's nothing to do yeah being a little facetious, but um, reference to uh, nothing to do, meaning everything being canceled. And for some strange and, and fortunate reason for us, uh, it seemed like we, we were still really busy. I mean, there were a couple, me personally, a couple weeks there where I was getting into Sunday wondering, well, what are you going to do this week? And then by the end of the week, I, I was telling myself, well, that went by in a blur. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the unpredictability factor was one thing, but also the you know the uncertainty when people try to map out plans or um, you know state what the potential to do things was. You know, I go back to that. I'll believe it when I see it, and it you know it sounds cynical and negative and contrarian, but um, that, that was just kind of like the mode you you were in for the you know since March really. Yeah, Jimmy, how about you? Uh, crazy. I mean, I just think back to March covering that my last basketball game. And, you know, just like any other year, any other season, everything's fine. And then a couple of days later, uh, 
the virus and then this and that and whatever, and then here we are. And I, I'm just baffled by the whole thing. I'm just my, my mind is still. If I try to think about it, uh, it's it's just too crazy. One thing the Mac was saying that uh, one thing that this has taught me. I don't know if that's the right word. Is um. You can't expect anything. If you expect something, something changes, and that's just, you got into that uh, craziness of one thing after another. Um, it's still like that. We're still, you know, from the, my high school's perspective, things change. You can't predict when you think you know something's going to happen. It doesn't, you know, it's just so unpredictable. I think that's my word for it is unpredictable. And uh, another thing Mac was saying about the busy, yeah, there's nothing going on. We've... There's stuff going on. We just have to find it. Yeah, you know? That's so right. We've been busy. I mean, yeah. there was a drought in the summer, in the summer where, you know, we were searching for stuff. But really, over the last several months, we've had uh, stories. And we found them and we've been writing them. And they're not all nice. They're not all the kind of stuff. I, I am sick of writing about the virus. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have to do it for a while longer. Um, those are a couple of my takes. Yeah. It's uh, crazy. Yeah. Adam? Yeah, this was the year where time lost all meaning. Yeah. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, it is both the longest and shortest year I've ever experienced. It's you. At some points, it seems like things have flown by. In the in the macro, it seems like things have flown by. But as you're sitting there in the minute, it seems like it's a year that will never ever end. <laughs> and, and it's just been so bizarre how how much it's like like Jim said, like Max said, that you had to adapt and learn. And really figure out a way to get through things. And from a sports perspective, you know, you've talked about things being played out of time and out of season. And, you know, there's, you know, people want to play football in March. And it's been such a bizarre year that I think all we can do as a sports department is kind of just you put your head down and you, you get through it and you work. Stan. Uh, with a with apologies to Charles Dickens, uh, it was the worst of times. It was the worst of times. Um, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. It's it's been a wild ride. I think for all of us, and I think for for a lot of us that you know got stretched out, you know, over to news from sports um, to help because the amount of newsworthy coverage there was of COVID and everything else in the areas that we cover. Um, that became a new challenge. It's, it is the same of what we do. We go, we, we talk, we write, uh, but it definitely, you know, ripped me out of my comfort zone. And mm -hmm. that's like, probably I got to say is one of the positives is that the opportunities that I know I've had. And I think Adam shares that too, mm -hmm. is some of the stories we've had to write last year, we wouldn't have been doing, mm -hmm. we would have been in that same old, same old sports, which is what we live and breathe for. But I, I, I I will say, embrace the opportunities that were that came out because of this. I know for me, uh, having to put the section out five days a week, it was kind of just weird coming in, uh, having early deadline of a six o'clock deadline. You come in at ten o'clock and you're putting a sports section out, knowing that there's not any action going on locally or nationally. You know, but obviously, there is news going on, depending with with the high schools whether they're going to spring uh, cancellation and low area colleges. So it was. It was kind of it was weird, you know, going in at ten o'clock and then coming home at six o'clock, and it was like, okay, it's a, I feel weird because 
I mean, I, yeah. I did that, you know, in my, you know, Bree did at Channel 6 as the um, assignment editor. I was, work, you know, working 7 to 5.30, and it was like, those, like, I went back, sort of went back to those hours, and it was like, okay, but then, obviously, once we, you know, got towards the NFL draft, and then we saw, our, you know, NBA and Major League Baseball and NHL get back, so it was sort of like, let's get back to a normal uh, deadline situation, but uh, it was it was a uh, it was a little bit of challenge. I mean, being the only one in the office most of the time, it's like uh, I could you know, sing, which I don't. <laughs> with my bad singing, I don't have to insult anybody. <laughs> but uh, ben, when we're all in the office, you sing all the time anyway. <laughs> this why are you? Why are you pretending like this was a new thing? And <laughs> yeah. NPR has. NPR's tiny desk has nothing on Ken Shaw. <laughs> well, obviously the big story, guys, was the pandemic, uh, how it affected the sports world you know, nationally and locally. Uh, uh, I know, Mike, you were down in Atlantic City uh, for the MAC tournament um, when the virus, you know, things started getting canceled. What was, what was the feeling like down in Atlantic City uh, when you were down there? Uh, did you have an inkling that that, that the MAC tournament was not going to be uh, completed? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, at this point, I don't remember how many days I was down there for. I want to say I was there for three days. Um, and I think at the end of the first day, um, you kind of knew that it wasn't going to have a, have a happy ending, uh, a, a solid resolution down there. Um, it was eerie. That was, I mean, that was the feeling. It was eerie. There was the fog (laughs) that was rolling through Atlantic City as well. Um, The, you know, the boardwalk um, in that area down there was mostly deserted because, A, it was March, and, B, people were starting to get scared. Um, And, you know, just to show how weird things were down there, um, I covered the Siena men's, the, the one game that they ended up playing down there. I covered it. We went into the press conference. There was, you know, we were there at the press conference for maybe 20 minutes. And by the time that we came out of the press conference, Rudy Gobert and Tom Hanks had both tested positive for coronavirus. Um, You know, those were kind of the two events, um, you know, at least in my opinion, that really, you know, woke a lot of people up and changed how people viewed it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, you know, I kind of had removed myself from the world for those 20 minutes and I came back and everything was different. Yeah. Now for the guy, for Jim, Adam, and Stan, you were in the middle of covering high school um, stuff when this happened. I mean, I think we were at the regional portion of the yeah. state tournament. So to yeah. have it all stop and then you know, not have a conclusion, how disappointing was it, do you think, you know, for the, the teams that were involved? And, uh, and how, you know, how disappointing were you not be able to you know, write, write about the championship get coverage? Yeah, we were in this this weird period during that week uh, where we had a couple of teams playing midweek regional basketball semifinals. And as you're getting ready for what would have been that Saturday at Hudson, Saturday, Sunday at Hudson Valley, it went through about six or seven different permutations for like, we're going to. We're going to play these games as normal. To we're going to play these games with no fans. To we're not going to play. To these games are postponed. To the tournaments postponed. To everything just being put in limbo for a few weeks until they they finally made some decisions. And yeah, it was incredibly disappointing. Uh, I know for those for those kids, you, you know, you think of some of those kids and some of those teams. You look at it that were that had 
had been especially these groups of seniors that have been building for for what you know state championship runs that they've been dreaming of and all of a sudden they go and their high school careers are just over and for a lot of them who you know aren't kids who are going to go and be college athletes all of a sudden you know the last basketball game they're ever going to play is just gone it was just such an unbelievably bizarre you know period of weeks right as it happened i remember the day that kind of everything broke down i was at a sienna women's lacrosse game where like they find out in the we are telling the coaches in the in the in the post game interviews that oh by the way your next games got canceled <laughs> and no one knew it yeah yeah jim what about yeah, you we, go yeah. ahead jimmy well I know I had a that the last game I covered before was the Shalmont uh, Regional Boys Basketball, and uh, earlier that day before I left this office, on other regional games, I think it was in uh, other parts of the state. Let me just say that were canceled, and something's going on. But I did never, never saw this coming. You know, okay, what's going on? Cover my game. Two days later, next day, next day after that, everything's getting canceled. All of a sudden, major league stuff is getting canceled, and and we went from there. You know, it just it, like it hit so quick for me. You know, I, I just I didn't I didn't see it coming. You know, and then it happened. One thing Adam said, and I've dealt with it a lot doing the high school sports, is the uh, the student athletes missing out and. Uh, it, it, it bothers me tremendously. I mean, I'm on the outside looking in, but uh, to these kids and talking to the coaches, and it's just a, it's a terrible thing. It, it, that's the one thing I, my takeaway is how awful that is. Of because you work with these kids and you work with the coaches, uh, especially the coaches for years and years, and they've been building, watching them build towards something, and it's just all snatched away. And uh, doing more than one story about this, and then. It goes into the next season. We, we finish out the hoop. The spring season, same scenario. We're coming into the fall, same scenario. So many teams, so many kids missing out. I think that's the takeaway I'm getting. Uh, uh, it's not good. That's one thing. It's very sad. I'm going to leave it at that. Sam? Uh, yeah, we've all been there you know, throughout our years in the business where we're making those phone calls and we're the first person to relate bad news to someone, yeah. you know, we're following up on these stories about, you know, a passing of a coach or something like that. Um, I was at McKeel um, and um, I was there to do a preview um, was the plan to go over of their regional game. And on the way over, we got the word that regionals are done. Um, it's all over, and I'm in the uh, the lobby waiting for Chad Bowman to come down the hall, and uh, you can hear the boys, you know, in the gymnasium. You hear the sneakers, you hear the the basketball going. And I'm like waiting for Chad. Chad comes down about 15 minutes later. He goes, "Hey, how you doing? Oh, thank God you came." And I'm like, "Hey, Chad, uh, you check your email." Yeah, yeah. So you know, I was the one to deliver that, and he's like, "Hang on a second. He looks at his phone. He's like. Uh, I'll be right back. So yeah. he went in at that moment to the gym and told the boys and, you know, that became a long afternoon and, you know, they were, you know, blasted by this. So the conversation was with Chad and, 
and going from there. So to be to deliver the news and be there at that moment, you know, really gave you, like Jimmy said, a feeling of what that this sudden stop was. Yeah. Um, and then we've all been a- around for the whole dashed for spring, and now it's just. I think I think the athletes are just so used to disappointment right now. Yeah. That they're just looking for one surprise to get a go ahead. Yeah, I was uh, watching, a, I think it was a Big Ten tournament on TV in like March, and I know Mike uh, McAdam was uh, covering Union's uh, ECAC hockey uh, first-round tournament game at Yale Game 3 uh, that Sunday when I got the email that RPI was having a press conference to announce that they were not going to allow fans to their quarterfinal series against Harvard. It was the first time in a long time that RPI was going to host uh, a quarterfinal round, and I, I mean, the, and going over the press conference, uh, you, you hear about, you know, they, obviously they wanted to play it safe, and then you hear from fans saying, oh, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? And then next thing you know, two, two three days later, the Ivy Leagues ended up canceling uh, their seasons. They weren't going to allow Harvard or the, any of the other Ivies to uh, play hockey, so they were going to re, re, uh, reconfigure the uh, tournament, and then finally it was decided that, uh, forget the tournament, it's all over, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that was just the the, the preface, the the, um, the beginnings of what we were going to see down the road with everything else, uh, with uh, sports locally and uh, nationally. Um, so, and then we obviously the spring sports never even got started, and then we see in the fall some sports play and some don't. And you know, what were your thoughts about seeing some of these fall sports uh, play? That was strange. That was because it's something we never went through before. You know, just uh, they're playing some, not playing others. It's uh, very strange. I, I think, you know, I think you got to raise the glass to the Suburban Council athletic directors. Um, they were determined. They really wanted to get a fall season in for their athletes. Um, it was the best chance because it's outside. Um, and they took a shot. You know, and they were going to go as long as they could to give the kids the opportunity. Everybody shifted their senior nights to basically the first week of play. Make sure you got it in. Yeah. Make sure you got it in. And then everybody else watched. Other leagues watched. Other schools in the Suburban Council watched. And I think think that's going to be something that, you know, they're going to look back on and go, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, I think they found a way to do it. In, in an outdoor season, winter obviously is a whole different animal, and now our fingers are crossed that maybe we get something in a form of winter, but then uh, maybe we get some sense of normalcy in the spring. I do know some uh, school districts, through the people I've talked to, had wished they had played some of the fall sports that they did not. I, I do know this. You know, uh, uh, you know what's tough about the whole thing is the hope. You know, hey, maybe we'll be able to. Throughout the whole numerous months, maybe we'll be able to play. Maybe we'll be able to play in the spring. Maybe we'll be able to play in the fall. Now, now it's maybe we'll be able to play in the winter. I think that's that's difficult. That's difficult on everybody, including us, covering it. You know, uh, waiting for answers. A lot of the word is limbo. You know, limbo is a, is a big word over the last eight, six months or whatever. Uh, we're we're literally in limbo right now. Mm-hmm. Waiting to hear on what's up next. What about you, Adam? You, I know you do some of the high yeah, school it, stuff as well. Yeah, it was that that fall season was kind 
of surreal in a lot of ways. Uh, I think especially, and uh, you know, Sam mentioned you know, going as far as they can go, and I think the Suburban Council literally went as far as they can go, if you remember that completely surreal final day of the Suburban Council soccer season when that shaker Shenandoah game yeah. uh, ends up getting canceled because of, uh, because of COVID cases. And, you know, then they end up playing, you know, the boys game plays, you know, a couple hours later, uh, but just such a bizarre day. And, you know, it's in many ways, you know, extremely lucky that nothing happened before that uh, of any man, uh, you know, the, that last week, you know, I had Colony as well, similar situation, dropping out, dropping out. Uh, but just such a bizarre kind of weird sense about all of those games is that you, anytime you go to one of those games, you kind of never knew when it was going to be the last one or not. Well, guys, let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll talk more about the local sports and also national sports here on the Falling Shots podcast as we wrap up the year 2020. I'm Dr. Howard Zucker, New York State's Health Commissioner. It's flu season, and it's always a good idea to get the flu shot. But this year, it's more important than ever. A flu shot won't prevent COVID-19, but it will lower your chances of getting seriously sick from the flu. If you do get sick, the shot can lessen your symptoms and help you feel better sooner. The last thing you or the healthcare system needs during this pandemic is a bad flu season. So please, protect yourself and your community. Get a flu shot now. Hi, I'm Kaylin Brown, Managing Editor of the Daily Gazette. I'd like to wish you a happy holiday season. Please stay safe and wear the face mask. Welcome back to the year-end podcast here on the Parting Shots podcast. I'm a Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Shot, joined by my colleagues on the uh, sports staff here at the Daily Gazette. Uh, obviously, the Seattle and Albany uh, men's and women's basketball seasons, uh, Mike Kelly, one minute they look like they're going to get going, the next minute they pause. Uh, Sienna men have yet to play. Sienna women have played a couple games and they're on pause. And and obviously you already had been on pause for a while. But they're starting to play now. What, what? How crazy has it been trying to figure out when they're going to play? That's been the the number one thing <laughs> that I've been trying to keep track of for the last. Uh, we're getting close to two months. Is when are these teams all going to play? Um, obviously, I mean, a, a really odd season. Um, it's been an odd year. Um, you know, it's really weird being at the games. Um, I've covered now a few of the games in person. Um, and it's really weird, uh, being at the court and everybody is wearing masks and like using hand sanitizer and spread out. And then there's these 10 people running up and down the court, (laughs) um, that, you know, it's just, it's, um, it's a really, it's a, it's got to be the strangest college basketball season that we've ever had. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we successfully make it to March and that there's a tournament, um, since there wasn't in 2020. Um, you know, and if that's, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we saw last week the news broke that the Duke women's basketball team canceled their season because of this. So, are we going to see other programs do this? They're not going to be the last one. Um, cause there's going to be, you know, we've already had teams who November, December didn't get to play a lot of games. Um, Sienna men played zero. Um, I think when you get through January and there's teams who, 
you know, if, if you have another situation where you miss two or three weeks and then maybe you didn't play a lot in December, um, you know, I think you're going to see other teams make a, uh, a decision similar to Duke um, because, you know, the season is going to end up being five games for those programs. Um, so I, I, I do think our local programs, Albany and Siena, um, I think that they are going to try to play, um, you know, throughout the duration of the season. But I'd be really surprised if the Duke women are the only one that makes that in-season uh, decision. I know we had talked about this earlier, Mike, that the Rick Pitino about a month or so ago said maybe to just delay the start and play into play have May Madness instead. Is that idea style on the table maybe if we start seeing more and more uh, games getting postponed or canceled? So I thought um, I really liked the idea um, just to – to, to start off there, um, I think at this point, the sport is committed to playing their tournament in March. Um, I don't think it was, it's not the, the best idea <laughs> just to plow ahead and to try to do it. I think there was a lot of sense in trying to go January through May. Um, the, uh, the alliteration works out <laughs> uh, to have the tournament in May. Um, but at this point, I mean, they're, they're moving full steam ahead. Um, and I, I, I would now be really surprised if they if the tournament is played. It's going to be played in March. Um, I think the smart thing would be to play it in May. Yeah. As far as locally, for Jim, Stan, and Adam, the high school sports season, me obviously uh, there's not going to be any state championships again for the winter sports teams. Are we going to see basketball or are we going to, are we going to see wrestling? You think uh, this winter and hockey? Uh, I find it. I'll, 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 I find it really difficult at this point to believe that we're going to. Yeah. Ju- just in the sense that it's going to be crap. At this point, you know, schools get back January fourth. A bunch of schools have already said they're going remote for certain periods in January, which puts the kibosh on sports for them. And even then, if you're starting, you know, you're playing games in mid. You're starting practices in mid January. You're gonna play. 28 days in February, play six games in 28 days, and then be done. Because there's a whole fall two season for a bunch of these schools that are going to try and get out some outdoor sports in, and then you've got the spring that starts in March. It's the, the time crunch just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Jim, yeah, I'm with no, Sam. Go ahead, no. Sam. Go ahead, Sam. Sorry. Um, yeah, the, the numbers you know are on the negative trajectory. They're just going up right now. I mean, every every hour. Um, we're getting either a new press conference or a new set of numbers released um, or something like that. So I think winter is a non-starter, and I've said it here in the newsroom. I think, you know, just we got to give January a pass um, and look at February, and uh, you can tell people you heard her first on the uh, Parting Shots podcast, uh, Stan Hootie saying uh, uh, winter – Winter March one, fall two April one, spring May one, twenty twenty one is the plan, and hopefully uh, Rob Mahika at uh, the governor's office is listening. Ken, <laughs> okay, Jim, I I'm agreeing in the sense that uh, there's not going to be any high risk sports this winter. I don't believe this is my opinion, um, but I'm thinking ahead to this uh, the fall two, which is. Uh, the, what they planned, the state planned uh, for March and April, where they're going to try to play some of the fall sports that were not played. And I'm 
worried about that season itself, the way with the uh, spike in the uh, the cases and everything. I don't even know if that's going to go off now. Uh, two months ago, I was super optimistic, and uh, that that has changed. I'm I don't. I believe the fall two season, which again is supposed to start in March, I think that's in jeopardy um, right now. For especially, they want to play football. They want to play football in March and April, and um, I do not know if they're going to get the okay to do that. Right now, I don't believe they are going to. They want to, um, and again, I think we should look towards the spring um, to play any 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 of the high risk sports. I do believe. Again, I go back and forth. I'm, I'm optimistic and then I'm pessimistic. But I believe by the spring, uh, I believe we should be able to play baseball, softball. Don't know about lacrosse yet. It's a high-risk sport. I don't want to get into all the high-risk, low-risk. But um, there will be something in the spring. I'm just not sure how much. Yeah. And, again, I'm really worried about the fall two yeah. season. Mike McAdam, you, obviously you cover uh, union hockey and uh, college hockey for the paper. And, uh it was announced that uh, Union and RPI both decided to cancel their seasons, both the men's and women's programs, uh, joining the six Ivy League schools, leaving the East, the AC Hockey with just four teams playing this year. We see Hockey East trying to plow through. There's been some cancellations there. We've seen uh, the teams out in the Midwest go playing their games. Uh, the NCHC had a pod situation in Omaha for a couple weeks. Uh, did it surprise you that uh, Union and RPI decided to uh, – uh, opt out of the season? Not at all. Um, you know, they, they kind of follow the lead of the Ivies a little bit to some degree. I, I think they consider, um, you know, their identity to be similar to those schools, academics and, and sports, uh, you know, the combination of the two. It didn't surprise me at all. Um, it, you know, I feel bad for the union kids, uh, especially the seniors. I mean, they did have some options to uh, defer a couple semesters to next year, but for most of them, it makes sense. They had one kid, Jack Adams, who's a Detroit Red Wings draft pick, who uh, missed all of last season with a after he blew out his knee, and uh, he's a he's a legit pro prospect. So he's one player who transferred to uh, Providence and expects to play at some point this season. Otherwise, it would have been two years off for him. Uh, another kid, Darian Hansen, their starting goalie, is also transferring, and uh, he's going to UConn, and he's in a, a little different situation too. But he'll he'll play a post grad year next year. And I one of the questions I asked him was, yeah, how much did you guys talk about that? I asked Josh Kosak this as well. You know, one of the coaches, how much are you guys looking around the country, seeing leagues playing, and you know, figuring out ways to pull it off? Is it but your school chose not play when other other teams have been able to get out? And they, you know, they were pretty philosophical about it and said, yeah, you know, we talked about that, thought about that, but, you know, we support in the decision they made. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's weird time. So, you know, we understand that they're, they're taking measures to the best interests of everybody's health and safety in mind. So nobody would be mad about it. Um, uh, so... Surprise, no. I wrote a column about this, and I, you know, I, I supported both Union and RPI, saying it was the right thing to do under the circumstances. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you put yourself in their shoes, the, the players, you're wondering, well, why couldn't we play for everybody else? Not everybody, but a lot. You know, most of the Division One hockey is yeah. playing. Yeah. Nationally, we saw the NHL and NBA conduct uh, their 
rest of their seasons, the playoffs in a bubble successfully, no problems there. Major League Baseball had some issues. Miami Marlins, uh, St. Louis Cardinals, uh, a lot of you know games, double headers. We saw a lot of double headers this year. 60 game regular season, 16 team playoff. Uh, the NFL plowed through despite some issues uh, with uh, COVID. College football, you know, same thing. We saw games getting canceled, postponed. Uh, teams opting out of bowls. Uh, are you surprised we got uh, the, the pros and the colleges get through their seasons? Um, everybody's just kind of plowing through and trying to figure it out the best way they can. Um, Football, I thought, was one that was going to have a real hard, specifically the NFL. You know, obviously, we've seen a lot of the cancellations in college football. Is like you got to you can't tell the schedule without a score kind of thing. Where you know, it, <laughs> cancellations. You, you look at your, your schedule for the weekend, and games are postponed or canceled. Uh, the NFL was one that I, I was really like not expecting get through very smoothly, just because. The volume of people that you have in in one place for you know to pull off a football game is, is pretty high. It's not like basketball where you you know you got 15 players and you can space them on the sideline. I, you know, besides the players and the coaches, there's these you know support people there on the sideline, and you know um, you know so far so good. They had the NFL. You know they've had you know COVID positives all over the place and had some. Instances where it actually affected, you know, the Broncos that come to mind, Ravens have been struggling on and off. Um, but, uh, you know, the NFL, kind of as rocky as it was, got through, um, you know, got through it so far. And knock on wood, it, it doesn't mean that we might potentially see something stupid happen during the playoffs that could really affect the, the outcome of the game somehow. But, um, uh, the NFL is one that I, I was a little surprised that they didn't have more problems just because of the volume and the density of people that you, you need to uh, pull off a football game. Yeah, we saw games being played just about every day in the NFL this year, which was hey, we saw Wednesday afternoon game, Tuesday games, <laughs> Monday doubleheaders uh, that were not originally on the schedule. So it was it was kind of nuts there. But uh, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised that the NHL and NBA got through. Uh, their postseason is unscathed. Obviously, the NHL playing their games in uh, Canada and Toronto and Edmonton. Everything worked out there. Uh, the NBA uh, down in Florida. Uh, I think I, I think you have to applaud what they did. Now, uh, the NBA regular season is underway, and we see James Harden, uh, you know, basically flaunting, uh, uh, you know, protocol. He's not, you know, he got himself in trouble there, and. Uh, now the NHL is expected to start January 13th, and obviously they're going to play in empty arenas. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how these two leagues, not in, not in bubbles, and how they're going to handle things. NBA was, you know, really pulled it off uh, for the playoffs here. But like you mentioned, you know, kind of the bubble has been burst, and and we're going to, you know, the potential for problems is much so much greater now. And then just the, the background context of this whole thing is that just country as a whole has you know really spiked and, and regained some hotspot status just in the general population of how you know covid is appear to be hand be handled as well as it could be right now um you know you kind of like three four months ago you were thinking well you know we're doing safety measures we're figuring some things out and some plans and putting in protocols and everything and by the time we get into the winter um you know, we'll, we'll have figured out a way to, like, a template to handle all this. And I, 
I'm not convinced that that's necessarily the case. The numbers certainly don't suggest that. I think it's heard somebody else wanted to say something too. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing you can look at as you know what chaos we might be into is yeah, the NBA went through that bubble and everything was you know as successful as it could be, and we got into this season and went exactly 24 hours before a game had to be canceled because the Houston Rockets didn't have enough players. Uh, and there's going to be those issues that that pop up. Uh, until we reach a point that there's, you know, that these players uh, and then hopefully, hopefully the general public are vaccinated and we move on to something where, you know, there's less of a worry and who knows what that time frame is. Yeah. I think the biggest story that has been overshadowed uh, this year happened back uh, late January when uh, we heard that Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and uh, several others were killed in a helicopter crash. Uh, what was where were you guys at when you first heard, and was it hard to believe uh, that it happened? Yeah, uh, I think because uh, 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 Mac and I, we were in the office that day. Uh, I think that was my first day laying out the sports section. Uh, yeah, and you know, all, you get in, all of a sudden it's like you start seeing on Twitter, Kobe Bryant's dead, and. I think my brain just kind of stopped for a little while. It was one of those moments that you just, it took a while to process. You're like, no, that's, that's not a thing. And I was never a, a Kobe fan of any, you know, real, in any real way, but it just, you know, struck you. And then you hear that it's his daughter and it kind of just froze you when it, when it happened. And you got to go through a day like that in a daze. I hate to say it, but one of my part part of my reaction was skepticism, just based on not being able to trust social media when stuff like that comes out. I mean, we've been so conditioned to not believe stuff when you see something like that. But then, pretty quickly after we kind of saw that, you know, jointly on Twitter, my sister, whose two boys are huge NBA fans, texted me and said, "Please tell me Kobe Bryant isn't dead or something like that." It was pretty immediate, and all of a sudden. You know, and she's a pretty sensible person. She wouldn't text something like that unless there was foundation there. So immediately we're scrambling all over trying to find out what was going on. And it just kind of escalated. I, mean, I, I will say that with COVID and everything, doesn't it seem like Kobe Bryant's death was like five years ago at this point? Yeah. yeah. It's so amazing to find yourself that happened this year. Yeah. When I... Uh... When that story, when it when it first came out, I was covering a Siena basketball game, Siena men's basketball game, and I mean we've talked a lot on this podcast about kind of the sadness for these high school athletes. Um, and I just remember that day was it, it was um, I was you know getting the news through social media, watching this college basketball game, and knowing that that team, Siena in particular, had like eight guys on it who their favorite player was Kobe Bryant. Hmm. Um, I just remember. You know, uh, they, I, I think they played Quinnipiac that day. They won by 20 or something like that. And they were, like, you were just watching them having, like, the greatest time because they were, you know, playing really well. Um, and it was so sad to watch them play that day because you knew they were going to get this devastating news for so many of them, you know, as soon as they stepped off the court. Um, and, you know, and, and, and that's what it was. I remember after the game, I mean, there were, there were people in tears 
Um, and it was just kind of one of these reminders about how these huge sports figures touch your lives, um, you know, especially when you're a certain age. Yeah, I was covering the um, that that morning the uh, Center for Disability Services press conference. Luke Boyd from the Yankees and uh, Giants wide receiver Darius Slayton were there. And I came home to uh, write the story, and I had my com- um, computer uh, desktop one downstairs in the basement. And I got a message from a college friend of mine, and, this, and she goes, "Is it true about Kobe Bryant?" I said, "What are you talking about?" And then I you know, looked it up, and I say, like, "Oh my God!" And then my mother, who's a even though she's from Philadelphia, is a big Lakers fan because of Kobe. I had to call her with the news, and she was just devastated. I mean, she was crying. And I just, I, I felt bad for. Her. I felt bad for the, you know, obviously Kobe from the Philadelphia area, Lower Marion. Uh, it was just a shock to the system. It's one of those things you'll never forget where you were when you heard. Sort of like, uh, you know, Kennedy was assassinated with a Challenger explosion. It's just, there are certain things in your life that you remember where you were that day. So, to wrap up this podcast, gentlemen, um, I'm going to ask you uh, uh, your thoughts. What is the one biggest thing you want to see in 2021, starting with uh, Mike Kelly? I'll, um, I'll go with a MAC tournament, since uh, I'm pretty sure I saw a little bit of one in 2020. Um, and I'd like to see a full one in 2021. Well, if you do that, the good analytics, you got to bring us back some White, Horse, uh, White House uh, subs. <laughs> that uh, that kind of got ruined this past year. Yeah, mm. Mike McAdam. Like to see fans at Saratoga Race Course. You can no brain them. You know, every day we went in there for forty days of racing. It was like we were scuba divers exploring the the wrecked Titanic at the bottom of the ocean because there's nobody there. There's just all this detritus left over from the 2019 Saratoga. And, uh, you know, at at the beginning, it was strange. Um, You know, we kind of chuckled over some of the the benefits to the media, the very few members of the media that that covered the meat. You know, for instance, you can go to Spring Street Deli and go get a sandwich and come back and not even race. Um, No traffic, easy parking, you know, goofy little things like that that you notice. But not having tens of thousands of people there really left a hollow feeling um and you kind of got used to it as much as i hate to say that as the meat went on but you never forgot in the back of your mind you know because it became your routine and it became your drill every day to not expect that but then you see tisla win the travers with nobody there see swiss skydiver win the alabama with nobody there see win 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 the forego you know toward the end of the meet with a big rainbow in the sky after a big rainstorm and he came wide from last place of 11 horses and got up in the last jumps and you just can only imagine the, the noise from the crowd that you would have heard if they had been there to see something really cool like that so um you know you got used to it just from a daily routine standpoint but always in the back of your mind you're you're like something is wrong with this world right now <laughs> really something substantially and significantly missing so i that, that would be my my no-brainer um Thing that I'd like to see next year. Jim, uh, quickly, just a quick comment. Real quick, I just want to see the kids playing again. I just want to see the kids out there playing, you know, and hopefully with no masks, and we'll see when that happens. I don't know when it's going to happen, but that's that's my hope. I just want to see the kids out there. Adam? 
Yeah, uh, yeah I want to see, you know, I want to see normalcy. The, the closest thing I can say, I want to see, you know, games being played at the time it's supposed to be played with fans yeah. in stands and yeah. don't know how long it's going to take, but if we can see it, it'll be a good year. Stan? High fives and handshakes in 2021. Thank you. Uh, on the field and amongst all the colleagues and the people that we see, coaches and yep. and in the media and parents and stuff like that, it's yep. the handshake is a lost art in uh, 2020. Yep. Gentlemen, I appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the rest of 2020 and uh, Happy New Year. And uh, let's do this again in 2021, hopefully together and not on Zoom. <laughs> right. Great, thank you. Good Thanks. job, Kat. Thank you very Peace. much. Thanks very much. Well, back, to, year, back to wrap up the podcast in just a moment. Hey, football fans. The Daily Gazette You Pick'em Football Contest is back. Predict the winners of the weekly games via your You Pick'em online account. The fan with the most correct points each week gets their name in Thursday's Daily Gazette and wins a $100 ShopRite grocery gift card. The fan with the most overall points after 23 weeks wins a $1,000 travel voucher and could win a trip to Hawaii. To play, go to dailygazette.com football and create your account or use your past account. Select the teams you think will win. You may enter your picks and score predictions five minutes before the start of each game. For official rules, go to dailygazette.com slash football. For questions concerning the local contest, contact Randy Lewis at rlewis at dailygazette.net. The trip to Hawaii is part of a national contest. The You Pick'em Football Contest is run by the Daily Gazette Advertising Department and not associated with the Daily Gazette Sports Department. Hi, this is Mark Kestisher, the voice of the NBA on ESPN Radio and proud member of the 518 from Gilderland High School. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Now, here's Ken. Back to wrap up the podcast. Check out my Parting Shots blog for my Week 17 NFL picks and TV listings. Go to dailygazette.com slash category slash sports slash parting dash shots. Once again, I'm going head-to-head with Daily Gazette news columnist Sarah Foss. Sarah has taken a one-game lead over me heading into the final week of the season. She is 160-79-1. I am 159-80-1. Keep checking out DailyGazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you are doing in this difficult time. The second wave of the coronavirus is hitting us, so please be vigilant. Even though the vaccine for the coronavirus is coming out, keep wearing the face mask while you're out. Be positive. Stay negative. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I'd like to thank my Daily Gazette sports colleagues, Mike Kelly, Mike McAdam, Jim Schultz, Adam Schinder, and Stan Hootie for coming on the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. Before I sign off for the final time in 2020, I want to thank all of you for listening to the podcast this year. It's been a wild ride with this pandemic. I hope you continue to listen to the podcast in 2021. I promise you, we are going to have a lot of fun. 
and I hope we are talking more about sports than the pandemic. The views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers by Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time from the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. Good day, good sports, be smart, stay safe, wear the face mask, and Happy New Year!